Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Well, Todd, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. We're post-tournament. The My hangover's over, though, really. I'm a hangover yesterday because even though Sunday was an off day for us as we uh, – Your metaphorical hangover. Metaphorically hangover <laughs> after four days at the action attorney. And I love when somebody said, oh, you only worked two games on Saturday. I was like, yes, you're right. But um, just like the thing that's on top of your head, let's cap. Let's get. I am wearing. Off. I am wearing a beanie today. It's a sweet bean. But hey, folks, I'd like to thank you for uh, tuning in for her ice. Uh, this episode number fifteen. Uh, we've been talking to you all year one. long. I know. I don't want the word "say final." I'm not going to do it. I'm not going <laughs> to reach into that bag of uh, naughtiness or scariness. Sentimentality. But, um, the boys are in their middle of their sections. The girls actually. The the finality of the season came to an end on Saturday night with our tournament. So me and Peter are going to chat about that. Talk about games that we thought were exponentially awesome talk about players that were beyond exponentially awesome and then we're just going to ramble about stuff that uh, deals with girls hockey and then we're going to wrap this bad boy up so if you hang with us for about 30 minutes we'd love to have your attention by the way i'm peter Audi here with todd hauk todd is going to tell us all about our sponsor we are well our sponsor today is going to be a sponsor that we've had for a few uh for 15 weeks yeah approximately (laughs) yes exactly um it is map hockey uh, so it's a great organization out of Mendota Heights. And so if you're looking for that, um, as most youth teams, even though they are in the regions right now, um, but if you have come to the end of your season as youth, Bantam, Squirts, Peewees, 12U, and you are looking for the next opportunity to train or some opportunities to look for a spring team, hey, check out map.hockey for more information. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, let's talk about the tournament that occurred last uh, weekend. Let's start with the single A. What I'm gonna do is Feels I'm gonna like quick so long ago. rip through. I want to make sure I give some love to teams because unfortunately um, we don't recognize anybody that uh, on the other side of the bracket. Once you lose your first game on Wednesday as a single A, sorry about that. Then it's like hey, but the cool thing about that is they got to go play at the Tria uh, if they continue on with that magic. So uh, let's start with the Constellation Championship, which was won by Fergus Falls by a score of four to two over Rochester Lourdes. So kudos to Fergus Falls for grabbing Constellation Championship. Uh, and then also, uh, for some reason, I drew a blank here of uh, the third place. Why did I not get the third place in there? That's weird. Third place for which? Third uh, place for single A. Single A. Yeah, that's the only one I didn't have. But, uh, well, Peter's researching that. You think he covered yeah. all your bases. Uh, and the big granddaddy of them all was the matchup everybody's been waiting for pretty much all year long was going to be Breck against Warroad. Uh, I was hoping that Warroad was going to go all the way. Tony Scott was hoping that Warroad was going to go all the way. And Breck had other plans as they defeated Warroad in a 6-1 victory, which was actually a lot closer than that score uh, shows because – uh, that really was more of a th- four. It really was a four-one game. Uh, it was two-one going into the third. Um, key goal by Mobley made it three-one. The penalty shot made it four-one, and then it was kind of like downhill trickle for Olivia. That was, a, that was a weird sequence. It was a weird sequence. It's almost like oh, crap. We're not going to win. And uh, then all of a sudden, you know, they pull the goalie, and then it's because they're down four-one, which is Izzy's idea, which is a great idea. You get nothing else to lose. What's right. the difference between a four-one, five-one game? Um, but anyway, I mean that that whole sequence of the the quick whistle on the shot by Warroad, where there's still a loose puck. They, te- they, I mean, they they put the puck in the net, but the whistle had already blown. Kind of a quick whistle, ref lost side of the puck. Oh and yes, yes. On the other end, 
Uh, took a little bit longer to blow the whistle, and then all of a sudden Breck was awarded a penalty shot. World head coach Dave Marvin not particularly pleased with that, and frankly, I can't blame him. Nope. It was uh, an unfortunate sequence, and it kind of sent the game off the rails. Uh, it was Proctor Hermantown. Okay. By the way, that won third place 5-3 to three over the Mound, Mound West Honka Whitehawks. Yep, there you go. Well, thank you for that insight. He's already got research within minutes, so um, information I'm tapping away. I'm right there. Words. Yeah, so that was our quick uh, single-A recap. Let's slide over to the double-A, which I know I've got full numbers there. Now I'm going to baffle you with statistics, but uh, let's start with the Constellation uh, Championship was won by Maple Grove by a score of 5-1 to one over Farmington. Uh, both teams we thought was coming into tournament hot and Gonna, but unfortunately, they got beat early in the quarterfinals, but they came through in uh, crimson with the, the, the fourth-place championship. And then the third-place championship, that was won by the Skippers by the score of 3-2 to two over and over. That Skippers. easily could have been the championship game, <laughs> but it turned out to be the third-place game, so a, a dandy as well. And then in the big game, uh, probably one of the best games for the entire weekend, uh, was the Brainerd uh, Edina game, which Edina won by the score of four to three with uh, Olivia Swaim overtime goal in the second extra stanza to give Edina their third consecutive championship. And Sammy Reber now is three for three, three for three, <laughs> three for three in her tournament appearances. So not a bad record for her. No, that's was a <laughs> nine, nine and zero oh is your your, that's your good, state tournament uh, uh, record and. Playoffs a, would be even worse. Like, it was amazing for that. That's a nice start. I'll throw this out there. I was sitting on a photo hole down in the Brainerd Little Falls zone, and I happened to look up at one point, and I saw Olivia Swaim lining up on the left side, and I thought, huh, I wonder if Olivia Swaim could play a role late in the game. I'm not saying I called like Swaim was going to score the game-winning goal because, I, frankly, I thought Brainerd was going to win, but... You know what? One of the things, and not to say that I called it because I definitely didn't, but after a while, you kept seeing the same numbers in the zone all the time. You saw Lucy, 21. You saw Annie Keel, who Keel. was cool all the time, <laughs> always cool, <laughs> did get a uh, game winner, so she was always cool. That's why I like to call her cool now. But, uh, you know, you got Vivian Jungles, 22, and you got CC 13, and all of a sudden you see a four pop in, and you're like, wait a minute, who's four again? Oh, yeah, that's Olivia Swaim. You saw that once in a while, and you're like, oh, my gosh, what happens if four takes this one? And is the is the you know the game winner is the game hero and sure enough she was the game hero right spot right time and a good rebound three oh. goals the entire regular season she scored twice at the state tournament hey it's it's it's, it's not when it's where and how and so um, but you got to you know hats off to both Idana and also uh, Breck for winning back to back years if not back to back years uh, so definitely and let's we we talked about that Idana game. Uh, being one of the best games probably the entire week. And the other I thought was the the second best game was um, the night before where Brainerd got to that match by winning and beating and over and overtime by the score of three that to game two. Was bonkers. It was. And I think the great thing about it was, you know, Brainerd did the same thing against Sedana where they scored first, uh, got out to a two nothing lead, Andover came back, got that one to two two, and you're thinking, holy cow, Andover's gonna take this game over. You really kind of felt like the underdog was slowly losing their their energy and their um, their strength and everything was going down, and then when they got to overtime, and then uh, Cheyenne Aber with the with the goal ten seconds ten in, ten seconds in, it was like holy cow, this is for real. So um, definitely one of the uh, second best game of, of the weekend for sure. That was in the semis. The other semi, which was great for a perfect semi Friday, was the Idana two one victory over Manitonk. In my mind, because I talked to a lot of uh, a couple Idana folks that I knew or the city in the Idana section, they're like, "Oh my gosh, did you see that game? Did you see this game?" And I said, and they kept talking about like, "Oh my god, we can't believe you're here." I'm like. 
I said Minnetonka could have had that game. They easily could have had that game if it wasn't for the fact they tied it up with about six minutes left with a great backhander. And then uh, Annie Cool Keel was right there, right spot, well, about 39 seconds left. She turns around. Whips it in. Sure enough, Dinah's uh, 2-1 victory uh, escapes overtime, and, and they move on to the chip, which they won uh, in a Dinah fashion with great heroics and right time, right place, and good things were going from that's for sure. That, those were back-to-back goals in that game where I have no idea if the players knew what they were doing. The uh, Josie Helling oh, was the yes. gal who tied it up for Minnetonka, a late tournament ad. The voice came over to the press box and said, added to the playoff roster. Right. I uh, believe Josie that was her Helling. first goal of the season, if I remember right. Yes, uh, no? I, I would venture to guess. It yes. was close. I want to say so. I have but to check my notes here. That's a, oh, by the way, by I mean, the last she minute. She kind of shoveled the puck over <laughs> Strip Motter's shoulder and it happened. Oh, to but it was just a beautiful backy. It really was. And Keel. Yep, I have we, right here. Josie. First goal of the season, so it's a hell of a time. To that's a heck of a time. Yeah. Another game I want to quick throw out there. I know we're we're crunched for time a little bit, and I want to give a little love because I was on writing these down. I'm like oh, double A, double A, double A. But but really, all the single A games were kind of not blowouts, but they weren't really close except for uh, they, the they were close on the scoreboard. Close on the scoreboard. They close were kind of overmatched at times. There was no big upsets. Um, the big one that I want to talk about quick was at Proctor Hermitown uh, with a three two win over Lourdes in the overtime. The reason that was kind of a big deal is because. That was really Proctor's game the entire time, and then Lourdes actually uh, got a power play goal late in the third period, and so they sent it to overtime in that pouch, and then and then Proctor with the um, overtime winner by Fawcett, uh, and that gave them uh, the opportunity to get to the semis, uh, which unfortunately they uh, lost in the <laughs> semis. But but uh, kudos, and then they went on and they won third place. So you know, I think the third place is one of those games where everybody kind of forgets about because. Um, it's it's third place and there's like but if you're third place in the state you should really hang your hat on that when you even, and think of it you're in the tournament you're two and one in the tournament that's not too bad of a record you're one of three teams that get to end the season with a win exactly thank you for making that great point sounds like a parent over there <laughs> must be it is I always say you, you, I don't care what your weekend's like always win your last game you know if you're zero and four lose your pool hey you win on Sunday win your last one uh, if it's a friendship game. You got a good taste in your mouth on the way home. So I'll throw this out there as a, a game that I thoroughly enjoyed. It was the Mount West Honka Mankato East game. Oh. Which bleeds really nicely into our top performers of the tournament. But so Mount West Honka, to be frank, they, they dominated the game for oh. most of it. And then in the third period, Mankato East started buzzing a little bit. They scored two goals, they come within one. And I took particular pleasure in watching the Mount West Honka dad who couldn't let five seconds go by without letting go an F-bomb and sounding like he was having a coronary throughout the entire game. Uh, watching him squirm, is that a boom I, roast? I thought it was great. It's, it's not a boom roast, but it's, you know, it's a little warning. People can hear you. People can hear you. People can hear you. You know, and, and as, as a parent myself, um, sometimes you want to bark and you want to say a couple of things, but then when you see other folks, you're like, that's why – I hold myself back and I don't squirm and yell like some people do because you you make yourself look that, foolish. That's that, all I'll that say. That made the game more fun for me. Yeah, it was more entertaining. But moving on with that one in that game again, and Andrea Schreiber was the player of the game. If not, she had the best was performance incredible. of the entire tournament. Um, she did have 69 saves. That's right, 69 if you didn't watch it on TV. Um I don't think that one was on TV. The quarters were not on TV unless you're streaming. They were, they were live streamed on yeah. stateofhockey.com. Yeah. But anyway, so she had 69 saves, so, and she won. Uh, with that one, she broke a couple state tournament records. Peter has that in his hand, so he's going to rip those off real quick. 
They're why are they printed on opposite sides of the sheet? That's that seems ridiculous. Yeah, well, they, they what they did is they put two sheets oh. together and they put both. It's it was a two sheet deal. So Schreiber's game broke two records. Fifty three saves was the previous record in a regulation game held jointly by Katie Fedorik of Austin in a game against Anoka in two thousand and Carly Reese from New Ulm against Thief River Falls in two thousand fifteen. Schreiber also broke the record of most saves in any game. Any. Which was 59 by Lakeville North's Cassie Alexander in an overtime game against Minnetonka in 2013. Four overtime games, if I remember right. That was a four-overtime four game with the Minnetonka. Really? I believe so. Well, and Schreiber's record is a lot more impressive. Yes. 69 in regulation. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yep. So, uh, another player, you know, all of a sudden I started writing these players to the game, and I was like, oh, so-and-so got some good scores and goals and points, and... I realized like four of my top players were like all goalies. So I'm like, holy mackerel. Uh, another one we want to talk about real quick performance-wise was Olivia King in the championship game against Edina. Um, Brainerd, if it wasn't for her, I'm not saying it would have been much different than it was because obviously the forechecking, having Gabby Smith out for the third period with I'll the penalty. I'll say it would have been different. It would have been different. But Olivia King kept them in the game uh, with 51 saves against Edina. So if you can put an asterisk by that, that would be great. Or you can put like well, one she had back. She had back-to-back games where she was outstanding. 38 saves in the overtime win over and over 51 in the overtime loss against Adina. I'll I'll say it out loud. Those games would have been completely different without Olivia King, a total gamer who showed up, showed out. I mean, she faced 95, 10, 105, 107 shots. 107 shots. 103 games. 107 shots, and she stopped 101 of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those games would have been different without Olivia King. Have no idea how she's still uncommitted. She will be. No she friend. showed. She and Abear showed some serious guts coming to the press conference oh. after losing that game. They sat there and they answered questions coherently and intelligently for a solid seven minutes. So you you can't ask for any more after after uh, losing a game like that from a high schooler. It's tough. Yeah, kudos to them for being just uh, stepping up to the mic, if you would. So stepping up. Uh, another guy I want to mention real quick is uh, Uma. Uma. I loved hearing that chant from the student section. Uh, but uh, Uma Cornier, the eighth grader, who made <laughs> 41 saves against yeah. a talented War Road squad as they win the championship. So Uma. She's a veteran by now. I know, yeah. She's like eighth grade. How many kids by ninth grade have got two state championships in their belt? Um, and Breck, obviously, they, they do have a one-two punch. So going with Cornier in the championship game is like wowzers. But obviously uh, the new coaches, the co-coaches knew what they're doing when they put her in there, and um, they, then she steps up every single time. So um, definitely another good goalie performance by her. But a gal that I want to mention because everybody else had great games. Olivia Mobley had a great tournament. Um, Lacey Martin had a great tournament. But a gal I want to bring up, uh, little-known Lauren Stensley from Maple Grove. I brought her up is because in the three games that they played, because Maple Grove won uh, the Constellation Championship, so they played three games. She had six goals and three assists. Not only did she lead Maple Grove, but according to my unofficial tallyations, she had more goals than anybody else during the tournament, single layer A, and she I, got nine points total. I'm clicking rapidly right now to, to verify that six and three. So uh, I want to make sure that she got recognized because she definitely had a great – I know uh, I believe uh, uh, Lauren Billings from Lourdes had five goals. Um, so, um, so yeah, Lauren Stensley, congratulations on a great tournament and congratulations on getting Constellation uh, Championship for Maple Grove as they are obviously exploding through all of high school hockey. Ah, six and four. 
Six and four. Six and four. She had four right. goals and three assists in two consolation games, two and one in that quarterfinal game. There you go. Uh, I, w- I had a little fun with this one. We're going to talk the best of uh, as I was watching games and kind of keeping track and kind of doing some behind the scenes, behind the games, because as much as we want to talk about the hockey game all day long, talk about goalies, talk about skaters, talk about um, uh, different Weird calls, action, action. weird parents. Yeah. I wanted to kind of do my best of, which is talking about some of the best things that you didn't pay attention to, or if you did see them, I want to re-recognize <laughs> it. So, for example, uh, some of the best uh, lineup flow that I saw, uh, one of them would be Brex uh, Carly Beniek with the hair flip, with that line mane. <laughs> Probably one of the feistiest <laughs> gals out there. I mean, when she scored, the entire building heard her, but the hair flip was amazing. And then also Andover's uh, Jamie Nelson, who came out with the mustache during opening oh lineups on, on. They had, they had so much sex. fun with those. That they was, did. That was awesome. They did the hair color, uh, and then Andover, a couple girls did the, the pink and stuff, and a couple girls were trying to do the hair flip to uh, <laughs> to rival uh, Beniak, but guess what happens? The <laughs> scrunchie was not cooperating, <laughs> so they were almost flipping over with uh, uh, you know skates over tea kettle there. So, uh, But I want to give a little recognition for them. Best mascots of the tournament uh, easily goes to uh, Andover's Harley, who was bouncing all over the place. That's would, an expensive-looking husky costume. He was, uh, he or she was ripping it because I mean there was some serious dance moves because Harley was in the front row between the section and the glass, and there was no stopping. Every song, dancing, moving, shaking. Uh, definitely some kudos. Uh, best runner-up for mascot would be Maple Groves. The maple leaf was there. <laughs> in, it was perfect. Had a little the kid wearing like the cardboard. <laughs> no, it wasn't cardboard. That was it. it looks like cardboard. Well, from afar, I saw it. It was it was a nice outfit. Uh, you saw his face pop through there. Oh. It's almost like Holy Angels, their star, but it was a, a maple leaf. So, um, so hey, you brought a mascot to the tournament. You get recognized for that. Uh, a couple of squads I also want to bring up too that had some great chirping. Uh, Breck was a wonderful chirper. They had some great hey, chance. That was a great student section. That was a great student. They were always involved, always hyping, always getting rock. I know it's a little easier when you are a, a bigger program and you know you're going to be there. They didn't bring the band, but they brought the the chirping. Andover was great chirping. Some sweet Hawaiian shirts. Too, oh, man. some sweet. Uh, and then back and forth. Two of the better games I like was White Bear and Brainerd. In the quarterfinals in Andover and Farmington, and their quarterfinal battle it was some good chirping back and forth, which is it was all good fun. Nobody was really ripping on each other, making fun. You know, uh, you've got you know daddy's money and all that junk. So it, it was some good fun with the chirping. So I want to make sure that that was mentioned. Uh, other student section, which I really liked a lot, uh, Fergus Falls had the Hawaiian theme going strong this year. Uh, South Saint, uh, not South Paul. Saint Paul United with the pajamas was wonderful. <laughs> a lot of sleepers we saw that. I don't know if they were trying to wait for everybody to wake up, but uh, they brought their PJs. And Farmington Wiper Lake with their orange out was wonderful. A it lot was of orange going. Lots there. of orange. They were back to back, so it was kind of cool seeing Farmington orange on one side, and then as this white bear folks kind of trickle in, and you're like, did Farmington just slide over to the other side? <laughs> Start watching the next game. So uh, they were in strong course. The roller coaster was really strong. I thought Breck had a really good roller coaster right in the student section. And then, of course, not the best of the last, but Edina had a wonderful green out. They took out the entire student section. They did pretty well. It wasn't nine or seven rows of kids. It was from glass to the concourse. It was solid kids. All got green on, so kudos to those student sections. I got two notes on student sections. Underrated student section because there were only like nine of them. Proctor Hermantown. Oh yes, during yes. the quarterfinal game, they they weren't particularly loud because they couldn't be, but they were funny. 
Hearing a kid in the first period of a quarterfinal game yell, we're here to win championships. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't help but uh, couldn't help but giggle, and I also learned from another photographer that apparently student sections will now like trade students. Oh, really? So there's a super fan for the Andover High School, and apparently he's at every game. He goes crazy. Sure. He was climbing the glass at the section finals. He was awesome. He wandered over to um, the Brainerd Little Falls side, and he spent some time in their student section. And I asked the photographer next to me. I thought, is he? Gonna go over there to throw hands or something? He said, "No, I think sometimes they just trade students because there's a Brainerd person, right? Sorry, Brainerd Little Falls student, Brainerd Little Falls, yeah, either or over in the Andover section. I thought that's cool, yeah, that's fun, very cool. No bad blood, no, no. Um, one more shout out for my best of. I want to make sure because." I think the one best thing you love is when they brought a band, and sometimes you hear the same songs getting played for different bands. Or Going off the Or they play Crazy Train. Train. Everybody had their own rendition of Crazy oh Train or Sweet Caroline or Chicago's 25-6-4. But uh, Warroad and Brainerd get top-notch because they wore prep band jerseys matching. They looked awesome. Uh, Minnetonka looked great, too, because they had these solid royal blue jackets. You looked over there like, where's the band? That's the band. There's not the just band. trumpets, not just the jackets, but it was like that's the band. That royal blue wall. Oh, it was Farmington. Of course, had their orange out, which was similar to the student section for Edina, but it was everybody in that section, and they sounded great. I know Twitter. I kind of talked to them a little bit on Twitter too, and retweeted a few things. But the Farmington band was awesome as they were playing so many good songs. It's good to hear like 80 songs that you don't hear all the time. You know, maybe hear a little Bon Jovi here and there. Um, so it's always good when you get the band. And it just makes a high school energy so much different in a game as opposed to I love to listen to music and hearing between periods, but there's something about a band that just has that great sound to it. So I would rather listen to a band than the <laughs> This is why we play. I play to fail. What? But I don't I don't understand. And I love how they just they all. had that little back and forth like it wasn't like we're trying to outperform each other. It's like if it's an intermission, it's like they would play their song, then we play our song, and then you play your song, and it was just it was just great to hear that back and forth. So so thank you for all the bands and all the student sections for all the hard work that you did to, to be there and represent your school. So kudos to you. I saw no really naughty kids. <laughs> except I saw some kids running around with uh, the big mug heads on a stick and they got chased by security. What was going on there, I have no idea. But that was, uh, that was the only naughtiness I saw. In the entire as long time. as if you close your ears while standing next to a student, student section, then you can continue to operate under the guise. Right, unless you're not a kid. He did not just say that, did it? Because there was one. You I did won't not just make plans to go out to the park. There was one that liked to use the BS chant a few times, <laughs> but I but understandable. They were frustrated. So um, I do would like to make a little fist bump uh, recognition. There was a family from Breck. Uh, it was soon after uh, they had won the uh, single A championship, and I was walking through the hallways, and they saw me, and didn't even recognize me except they saw the YHH jacket that I was wearing, and they said, "Hey, thank you so much for um, covering girls hockey, hockey this year and bringing it forefront." And so it was kind of nice to get a little recognition from uh, some folks out there that were appreciative. Obviously, they have uh, daughters that played on the Breck squad, so that was nice of them to give us a little kudos for doing what we love doing. It's just kind of recognizing. Uh, Girls hockey, which is need a little recognition. So kudos to them. A little mint bump. I would say before we get to our, our three questions, we should probably go over our brackets. We should, yes. We oh, it says our pick. That was 2.5. And I want to gloat. You can gloat. I want to gloat. I you picked can. both winners. I picked both Edina 
And Breck, my double-A bracket doesn't look very good, though. I got two of the first-round games wrong. I picked White Bear Lake to upset Brainerd, and I picked Maple Grove to get past Minnetonka, and I picked Andover into the semis. So I got three wrong on the double-A, and I got one wrong on the class A. I got a few more wrong than that. I had the similars, though, except I had Andover um, was uh, beating, and uh, everybody could say Dinah, and you could stamp that. You could write an <laughs> ink and say, do the same thing next year, but... I just want to see somebody different. I like different. I'm, I don't like the same team winning over and over and over. So as much as we like repeats and and uh, domination and dynasty and dynasties, I'm not a dynasty guy. As much as I've never seen dynasties in the state of Minnesota, <laughs> so maybe I'm just not used to it. But I, I just to fresh things up. It's, I get sick of seeing the same teams in there over and over. And I know they're the best, and you can't fight that. So that's why I did not purposely pick them but i kind of <laughs> said you know i'll take the upset and uh, and i'll live with it so and of course i rolled the the lady warriors all the way and um that didn't turn out the way that i was hoping to so uh was my record awesome no was it oh. fun to watch yes and then if they did win i'd be like see i told you <laughs> but i didn't get a chance to have the i told you so moment it's so. okay when you when you pick the favored team your i told you so is very muted it is it's like it's like Final four. Oh, just pick all the number ones to be in the right. final four. It's like, wow, that's really exciting. Yeah. And as many times, that doesn't happen. I think it's only happened like two or three times in the last 20 years hmm. that the actual four number ones have been in there. So is it easy to pick the number ones? Yes. Do you have validity with it? Sure you do. So um, I bet with my heart more than I, bar- than I bet with my brain. So That's okay. That's why it works. Because so, if I was a betting man, I would, I'd be poor as heck. So <laughs> i got to make it. i got honest money. Um, we're going to slide into our next, uh, our next topic, which is our last one of the year for a little bit. Oh, no. Um, it's our three questions. So we're going to rip right in. So, so Peter, Peter, Yo. what was the biggest surprise at the tourney? Brainerd. I gotta be honest. I, I looked at I looked at their first round matchup and I thought they were gonna run into a hot goalie. And I didn't even pick the Warriors to get out of their first round matchup and they ended up taking Edina to double overtime. I was surprised more than anything by just the aggression that they played with. It's rare to coaches always tell teams, play aggressive, play aggressive, but you rarely see a team take it to heart the way that the Warriors did. Uh, they were an absolute blast to watch all week. Definitely were. Um, somebody had mentioned that once when I was talking to them. I said, you know, watch their forecheck in there. They're great. And you start watching a little bit different with their forecheck and you're just suffocating, nothing in the middle. And especially with Bear and with Gabby Smith, just tenacious on the puck. Did not give up one bit whatsoever. It was almost like a one-on-one. I'm going to take this number and then – their stick handle was amazing. So, uh, yeah, I would say that's probably the biggest surprise that I saw as well because obviously the first time I remember I was just getting back to my spot and I was looking and all of a sudden I saw Brainer was up one. I'm like, do they just score in Califrank? <laughs> they just scored in Califrank. And then and they did it like then, three more times. And then they did it again. I'm like, wait a minute, they just scored twice on her. Um, but you know what? Uh, section play, section play. But still, kudos to White Bear for getting where they were because they did have to go through Hill Murray. Senior goaltender of the year, Califrank. Boom. Thank should, you. Let's play also, hockey. We should also mention that Maddie Wellington won the Miss Hockey Award. She did. Shout out to Maddie Wellington. Yep, definitely a great season for her. So, congratulations to both of you. Fabulous they, career. They're good luck charms because if they're one in the Wild, they're one and zero when those two 
say let's play hockey. The Wild are undefeated when Califrank and Maddie Wethington say That's let's right. play hockey. Let's play hockey. And you get your own jersey. How cool is that? And they can take that to the University of Minnesota in Wethington's case and Minnesota State in Frank's case as That's they right. move on to Division One careers. Word up. They'll, they'll bang heads again one on time. All right. Uh, question number two, Peter. What was your favorite moment of the tournament? That's deep. I know it's way out there. That is kind of deep. That's, I know it is. Oof. I got to pick Brainerd again. Brainerd over Andover. That overtime game, that was a fun game to watch. I hate picking against a team like Andover that we, we've covered so many times, and they've always been so gracious with interviews and such. But watching Brainerd, I think that their, their coach said that before going out for overtime, he said, let's just go out and have fun. They felt like they were living on borrowed time a little bit. They made it through a tough section with a couple of one-goal victories. They were playing without their leading scorer, Lindsey Booth. They thought, you know what, to hell with it. We're just going to go out. We're going to play guts out and have a good time. And they ended up winning in overtime. That was a, a fun game to be a part of. And he had a huge fist bump at the very at the end. Where they, the camera came on him, and he was on the ice and just rock and roll. Like, yes, I can't believe we just did that. <laughs> but pure energy, not just run the ice and hug somebody. I mean, he was – Fist pump, and he was punching clouds. I mean, he was totally jacked, and, uh, and they did. They almost did it. So that, that, that was one of those moments you're like, oh, that was so awesome, so awesome. All right, uh, question number three. Oh, boy. Next year, I'm not saying do predictions, but give me two teams that we will – you'll be shocked if they make it back next year. I'll be shocked if shocked they if do they, make they it back. They come back next year. So oh you can't gosh. just go, oh, yeah, you Dino will be back next year. Oh, yeah, Breck will be back here. Who would be a little shocker if they would be back next year? <laughs> this one might be a little bit of a cop-out, but White Bear Lake. I mean, they they lose Frank. They lose Abby De La Rosa. She's a Division One defender. They lose Sydney Sheeran. She's a Division One forward. They lose a lot from that team. That was, like I said before, Brainerd living on borrowed time. White Bear Lake was living on borrowed time. Mm-hmm. So they lose their biggest pieces from that team. I don't think they'll be back next season. That's not a knock on White Bear. That's just a... That's a testament to the cyclical um, bouts that come along with talent coming through a youth program. Um, I don't really see anybody else that I'd be shocked if they would be back next year. I think St. Paul United might be a little iffy to come back next year. But they come like it's like three of the last four years, I believe, they beat South St. Paul in the in the section final, and they only have to win two games in the section. So I'm going to say it's not hard to win that section, but there's only five teams in the section. Which is fair. Roseville-St. Paul, that girls' youth program, has got some really nice players coming up. So maybe St. Paul United is not as far-fetched, but if i got to pick one team that I don't think will be back next year, it'll be White Bear Lake. Okay. I'm not going to ride your coattails, but that's, that sounds pretty <laughs> good. Uh, I, would, I, I don't want to say Brainerd again, but just because of the magical tournament they had, and they could get back to that spot, but can they get back to that championship game to redeem themselves would be, be tough for a key. And then also – the beauty of that would be is if they could come back, then hopefully, knock on wood, they would have Lindsey Booth on that squad on the ice, and how much of a difference would that make? We'll so, see. What we, that's, why, that's why we play the games. Well, we've come to that time of the day oh, where man. we have to say goodbye. Um, uh, I'd like to thank Peter again for all his insight and his knowledge. I'm bummed out. And his dude. passion that he's had for the game of uh, girls hockey because it's been – it's been a great ride. Uh, we're not saying good. We're not saying goodbye. We're just going to say we're going to see you later because we're going to be close <laughs> in hand someplace somehow. You'll see us around 
So, uh, but for ice, uh, this is going to take a, we're taking a little break. Maybe we might pop up here and there in the springtime just to say, hey, what's going on? What's shaking? Maybe a, <laughs> a women's hockey, uh, we have to bring, well, just maybe once a month we'll break do that. Break down like the NWHL finals yeah, or something. Yeah, or the Frozen Four for the for the women. So, let's do that. So we're not let's saying goodbye. We're just going to see later on in the spring. So, um, thank you for listening to Her Ice because it not is his not ice. his ice. Um, so th- take care of yourself. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you very soon. Used to keep it cool. Used to be a fool. All about the bouncing master. Watch it on the news. What you gonna do? I could hit refreshing and forget. Used to keep it cool.